Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. It's Austin again. Got another episode this week for you guys. It's a little bit different than what I had uh, planned going into uh, the last couple of days, but uh, read some things, saw some things, uh, kind of want to change it up. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about travel, all right, uh, and specifically travel Let's, uh, well, for the terms of this, this pod, I'm not going to really get into like TSA requirements or, you know, flying with your firearm or anything like that. There's a whole different set of rules, basically laws, regulations, uh, you know, they go around that. Plus it can really vary depending on where you're traveling to, you know, uh, if you're leaving your home state, going to a different state, that's obviously going to affect all of that. Um, my wife, friends, and I are in the in the future here. We're gonna be taking a little weekend trip uh, up to northern Michigan, go visit some wine country, and uh, I thought this would be a good time for us to discuss preparation around travel uh, and how that can impact you and those that you're with. Um, we talk a lot about having uh, a prepared mindset here, right? Um, and that shouldn't that shouldn't change just because you're on vacation or out of town, right? I get that the, the point of a vacation is just to sort of, uh, you know, de-stress, decompress, get away from things. And you can still do that. Um, and, uh, honestly still be vigilant about what's going on around you. If anything else, uh, to maintain that level of decompression, you know, something goes wrong or sideways, whatever you want to call it on your, on your trip, that's really going to ruin it for you. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk about a couple of things here. Um, first and foremost, uh, I'm staying within state lines, uh, so for me, it doesn't really change what I'm going to carry with me. Um, you know, as far as my firearm and stuff, I don't have any changes to uh, capacity restriction. I don't have any changes to uh, my ammo type. You know, I can still carry. Um, I carry, if you're anybody interested, uh, Hornady Critical Duty uh, Jacket Hollow Point 9mm. Okay, I think it's a 147 grain. I carry that in a Glock 43X. Um, so uh, that's uh, with the Shield Arms magazine. That's uh, 15 rounds in the magazine plus one round in the chamber. And then uh, whatever I have on me for a backup. For this particular trip, I actually did go out of my way to put together a, a bit of a little go bag, carry bag, whatever you want to call it, so I can um, I just have more stuff on me uh, now that uh, we're able to uh, essentially travel without uh, as hefty of restrictions, you know. Um, now, here in Michigan, northern Michigan was probably the least impacted, uh, the Upper Peninsula um, and northern Michigan were uh, obviously less impacted just because population volume, right? It's so much lower up there, um, that the fear of transmission is not what it is here in Metro Detroit. So as such, the lockdown, um, it is in effect, there are mask requirements, but it's just not things up there aren't as severe. So it's kind of like the last bastion of freedom, so to speak. Um, we're just trying to, you know, take advantage of that. Um, so I picked up a Vertex commuter sling bag. Uh, if you'll use you guys that, you know, follow us on our Instagram page, prepared.mindset.pod. Uh, it's a, like I said, Vertex bag. Um, and Vertex makes great stuff. I know my big apprehension with that was the price tag. 
But guys, honestly, after seeing it, I, I don't regret the decision. Uh, it's a lot, really, really high quality, and there's a lot of uh, accessories and options that go with that. But let's talk about uh, planning and prep. <clears throat> uh, what I'm carrying with me, obviously, my firearm, uh, my, my normal EDC stuff. Uh, probably going to be carrying the regular Benchmade Griptilian that finds its way in my pocket um, almost every day. I actually just uh, cleaned that up and oiled it today. Um, I'm still, you know, obviously a watch, uh, my travel med kit that goes in my back pocket. I can still have all that stuff with me, right? And we're going to be traveling uh, by, by car, not by plane or anything, so there's no restriction there. Just whatever we can, we can pack up. Um, obviously take some extra magazines with me for the firearm, handheld light, uh, map, compass, uh, tourniquet, you know, that's all stuff that'll be carried separately in, in the bag, but I'll have the bag with me. Um, now, obviously if you're traveling anywhere, you got to consider the, the road, the path, right? The road you're on, uh, so to speak. For us, uh, from getting from point A to point B, that goes through a lot of rural area where everything's very spread out. And not to mention, we don't have contacts or, um, how can I put it? We don't, we, there's nobody we can call, you know, if something should happen um, or should we encounter any trouble. So you really got to think about things just a little bit differently with a little bit more uh, attention to your details, your surroundings, your environment around you. You know, uh, you, don't, you don't know. Right, people approaching the vehicle, you don't know them. Uh, you don't know what they're looking for, what's going on. So you kind of, you just have to pay more attention. Uh, and I think honestly, all of us should, anyways. You, you see all this stuff on the news now, people, uh, protesters, whatnot, approaching vehicles, and then uh, it, it seems like in the, the drop of a hat, things kind of tip off, and then you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so you got you to just pay attention and be ready for what may come next. Um, you know, plan out your, your stops. Uh, personally, I try when I'm traveling by vehicle uh, to use rest stops rather than get off the freeway and go to a gas station. Uh, if I need gas, obviously, gas station. Um, but I try to do it as close to the freeway as possible, and I try to do it where it's obviously well lit, and uh, more people is always better than less. Uh, you're in a much reduced risk of danger in large situations that's why you know you talk about all kinds of stuff uh there's safety in numbers meet in big public places that talk about with everything from online dating to the facebook marketplace right go someplace public well lit uh where you're more likely to be safe so when i stop for gas stop for food stop for bathroom i go where i see more people i go where i see more light okay uh it's just it's, it's more safe and you have to consider those things. And, you know, I'll, I'm sure a lot of you, they're thinking, yeah, duh, who wouldn't do that? Well, I can tell you, my wife was one of those people before we got together. She had family. Uh, she grew up in, in another state in the Midwest and would travel between states, you know, six, seven, eight, 12 hours, whatever, to see family back and forth and would stop wherever. She just, she didn't care. She didn't think about a lot of that stuff. So it's by some small miracle that nothing ever happened to her, but uh, those are all definitely things that you should be considering, okay? Uh, your environment changes. You have to be aware of that, and you have to be able to make decisions based around your environmental circumstances, okay? Uh, don't wait until your gas light comes on to stop for gas. You see you're hitting a quarter tank? Start looking, right? Don't wait for that, that light, that dinging bell to be the first indication that you're running out of gas or 
you know, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Don't wait till the last second, right? If you do stop for gas, use the bathroom. Duh. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about when you get to where you're going. All right. If you're camping, that's obviously a whole separate, you know, set of circumstances. We're not, we're not doing that. We're, we're getting a hotel. So at the hotel, you're going to meet some people working the front desk, working the hotel, other travelers, whatever, just some tips. And I found this, uh, and a pretty convenient list put together. Just when I was looking around, uh, doing a little bit of, of light research on this, uh, a website called worldaware.com. And uh, it's actually a pretty good list. So uh, at your hotel, don't discuss personal matters with strangers, including your your travel itinerary, where you're staying, um, uh, or your motor transportation. Okay, uh, giving out specific details just makes you a more I don't want to say vulnerable target, but it makes you easier to identify. So if somebody does mark you as a target for something, who knows what? If they know what kind of vehicle you're driving that's that's bad if they know where you're going to be and when also bad uh, if they know specifically what room you're staying in again bad it just it narrows down the specifics for somebody who could be looking to do harm and that could be anything from uh human trafficking uh to robbery uh murder rape whatever okay especially if you're traveling alone we're traveling in a larger group of people which is what i prefer to do when i can uh, but if it's just you or if it's just you and your significant other, you really have to pay attention to that stuff. <clears throat> and a lot of it, honestly, people just off the cuff. Yeah, hey, we're going up to check out some uh, wineries or whatever. We're going to be out there all day. Well, then they know, hey, your room's going to be empty the whole day. They can break in or whatever. Hey, we're going to be driving this vehicle out front. Okay, you know, don't don't make it easier for people, right? Um, this should go without saying, but uh, lock your hotel room, connecting room, and balcony doors and all windows. All right, don't, especially if you're traveling with a firearm, um, you, you're responsible for that, right? We've talked about it in past episodes. That firearm is your responsibility. It's your responsibility as a concealed carrier, as a firearm owner, to take care of that and make sure that it does not become accessible to the the wrong kind of people or just anybody that who isn't you right so most hotel rooms have a little key card things that lock but you'd be surprised how many people leave the sliding door to the balcony open uh they leave the window cracked if it's you know hot out or uh, or well nice out i should say any of that can be a way to get in. You could lose more than your firearm. You could lose, you know, valuables. You could lose, uh, <clears throat> you know, computers, phones, laptops, firearm, jewelry, whatever have you, uh, expensive luggage, you know, whatever. You know, everything costs money these days. And with the state of the economy, don't, don't, you know, put yourself behind the eight ball and expose yourself to more risk, you know, financial, personal, whatever, uh, making a poor decision. Okay, uh, know the local emergency assistance phone number and how to use the local phone system. For most of us guys, it's just going to be 911, right? That's going to be your best option. Now, if you're traveling out of the country, um, you know, if you're in one of the northern states here, uh, Canada, in the, in the south, you know, Mexico, if you're flying anywhere. Now, right now, that's not really a concern because with COVID, pretty much all the borders are locked down. So you're not really going to fly any place outside the continental U.S. But for future reference, when you are, that's always something you should know and look for. Um, I know when I flew to London a couple years back uh, for one of the musical gigs, I'm not going to throw out any names, uh, one of the musical gigs that I was uh, hired to do, they flew the group out. And that was something that we, 
our liaison when we got there covered with us was, hey, while you're here, this is what you need to be concerned with. They told us in London they don't have a lot of violent crime, which was reassuring since obviously none of us had any weapons or anything like that. Um, but they do have a lot of petty crime like pickpocketing and robbery and stuff like that. So <clears throat> um, those were things to be aware of. Uh, you know, check your pockets, your wallet, whatever, your watch, your, your phone, check that kind of stuff off to make sure you still have it on you. And in the event that you need police, here's the best way to reach it uh, or reach them. Here, enter this into your cell phone. This is how it works here, et cetera, et cetera, which, which really took a lot of the work out of it for us uh, visiting. Our liaison did a great, great job. Um, but know how to get to the local authorities if you need medical attention, if you need law enforcement, whatever. Um, store all your unneeded personal documents and excess cash in the hotel or room safe. Um, <coughs> um, excuse me. I think that that for the most part is kind of a non-issue for a lot of us. Uh, if you're not traveling outside the country, you probably don't have a passport. Um, and I, I personally don't travel with a ton of cash. Um, if I can all avoid it just because convenience really, I mean, in the day and age that we're in debit card, credit card kind of rules, uh, there's just more protections with those. Uh, so I, you know, I don't really carry a ton of cash on me. It's just, not how I travel. I'll have a little bit, not enough to leave in the room. Typically more, more than just a couple bucks is out of the norm for me. So I'll take my cash, throw it in my pocket. Um, sometimes I might have a bunch of change and I'll leave that next to the bed or something. But even that, I can't even tell you last time I had actual coin in my pocket. Um, if you need to meet people, especially strangers, uh, do it in the hotel lobby, not in your room. Uh, letting anybody you don't know into your safe space your secured space uh is a bad idea because you don't know them you don't know if they're to, if they're there for why the reason that they say they are or if they're there under the you know false pretense uh and trying to like we said before you know rob you hurt you whatever um if you need to meet with somebody do it in the hotel lobby again well lit there's lots of people around and there's people there's always people around there's always people at the front counter um, hotel bars always have a bartender, right? <clears throat> so make a good decision. Um, when it goes to looking at how you're getting around, if you have your own vehicle, that eliminates a lot of this. However, if you don't, um, this website in particular lists having hotel management call a taxi rather than trying to hail one yourself. Um, that's a little bit more convenient. It's a little bit safer. Um, in today's day and age, uh, you know, we use Uber and things like that. Personally, I'm not big on rideshare, even at home. Uh, I will, you know, time to time do it. If I know that I'm going to be out with a group of friends, we're all going to be drinking or something. It's just the responsible thing to do. Um, but it's, it's still something I'm very apprehensive about, and I don't do it on my own. And that's, I, I don't even, I don't even feel bad disclosing any of that. Um, it's not that I don't just trust anybody that drives for, you know, Uber or Lyft or any of those. Um, I guess technically I, I, I don't trust them, but, uh, you know, you just got to look out for yourself. <clears throat> that's a real easy one. Just avoid it altogether. If you can, if you know, you're going to be drinking, um, like it says, have hotel management call or, you know, do Uber, do Lyft. Um, be knowledgeable of any restricted areas requiring entry permits and attain those documents before traveling to such locations. Uh, do not photograph police stations, military installations, government buildings, airports, ports, or train stations without first determining whether photography is permitted. If in doubt, ask permission from someone in authority before taking those photographs. 
guys, it's just common sense. All right. If you're walking around some kind of law enforcement or military installation, taking pictures, most people are going to assume the worst and figure it out, you know, ask questions second. Who knows why you're taking pictures? Yeah. You could just be a tourist. Most people, uh, in those kinds of situations nowadays won't, uh, dismiss that. Um, they will assume the worst until they can prove that that's not the case. Uh, pictures can be, I mean, you can be doing pre-planning for an attack, for bombing, whatever, especially if you're traveling to outside countries, um, where there's, it, it's a less stable, hell, I don't even want to say less stable in other countries, given everything that's going on right now, it, it, it could be any city in the United States, uh, with the, the rioting and all the problems we're having right now as a country, it doesn't even have to be another, uh, you know, an unstable area. We're in an unstable area. Uh, so just don't do it. Honestly, I mean, I don't think it's really that interesting. Uh, take pictures of landmarks and whatnot, but just stay away from those kinds of places. Uh, and chances are, honestly, if you're anywhere near a police station, uh, nine times out of ten, it's because something went wrong anyways. You're not really there because you're excited to see it or visiting. Um, while you're on the street, right, you're getting around, you took your Uber, you took your taxi, whatever, avoid walking alone. Duh. Especially at night. Duh. Uh, don't take shortcuts or go off well-traveled roads. I feel like that should go without saying, uh, but I'm never, I, I never cease to be amazed by the people that try to cut corners. Um, I did spend a year going to college in downtown Detroit. Um, I've spent time downtown uh, for sporting events and, and things like that. Never, um, like, it, I'm, I'm always amazed the people that try to cut a corner to save the 10 bucks on parking by parking their car down an alley. Or even, okay, when I was going to school at uh, Wayne State University, people would uh, try to avoid paying for the parking permit, and they were outrageously expensive. I, I'll say that. Uh, they would park on streets that weren't supposed to be parked on. Uh, they would park down alleys, and you got, your, I mean, your stuff got broken into, cars got stolen all the time. You know, just, if, it, if you're not supposed to be parking there, if you're not supposed to be there, if you're not sure where you're at, just, just don't, Okay. That's how bad things happen, all right? Stay on the well-traveled roads. Stay where it's well-lit. Uh, you know, if it's gonna even if it takes you a little bit longer to get there, weigh out the options. Is the five minutes really worth, you know, X? What could go wrong? What could happen? No, it, it's not. Especially because, you know, you're traveling. I get it. If it's for work and stuff, you know, you got, you know, deadlines and everything, times you got to be for meetings and things. Uh, but do your pre-planning, all right? MapQuest, Google Maps, all that stuff. Plan out your routes, okay? Like we know from where we're at to Traverse City, it's going to take about three and a half hours. We're going to plan for more than that because traffic happens, detours happen, bathroom breaks happen. You build in that cushion time. It's just the smart thing to do, okay? Stay on uh, well-lit main streets. Uh, if you're disoriented, you get lost. Basically, ask for directions only from uniformed officers or individuals of obvious authority, Okay. Um, asking for directions is tough. Um, thankfully, given today's day and age, like you know, like I just said, you have Google Maps on your phone. You don't really need that as much unless you find yourself in a, a hot spot or a, I'm sorry, a dead zone without access to a hot spot. Um, you know, or maybe you're someplace that's very congested, very crowded. And for whatever reason, you're just you're not able to figure it out. Try to find a police officer. Okay. Somebody uniformed who you can trust. Um, <laughs> don't accept rides from strangers or new acquaintances. 
Guys, that's how horror movies start. Moving on. Avoid all demonstrations or other civil disturbances. Leave the area immediately if caught in an impromptu assembly. Basically, if you're traveling and you find yourself in one of these peaceful protests or riots, get the hell out of Dodge. All right? Just avoid it altogether. Don't worry if you if you agree with the message or not or if the people seem peaceful. Guys, it takes one slip to make things go from fine to not fine. You don't want to be anywhere around there. You don't want to be in a totally different city getting arrested, waiting for somebody to drive hours and hours and hours to get you and bail you out. That's, of course, hours and hours after you go through processing and sit in jail before you get your phone call. Okay, so just, just think about that. Avoid the demonstrations. <clears throat> Save yourself all the grief. Um, seek immediate shelter from violent situations. Obviously, your hotel, uh, large restaurants, museums, police stations, okay? Go to some place you know it's going to be safe in the event that you need shelter. Um, and that doesn't have to be like a... Uh, it doesn't have to be a riot or a, a protest or anything like that. It could be a storm, right? A violent storm, okay? Uh, now, if you're traveling to some of these impacted areas by the hurricanes and stuff, you should have avoided that. You should have done your planning to understand when hurricane season was and when you should or shouldn't be there. But um, for whatever reason, if you are there, if you have an ill family member or you just you had you did end up being there, know what places are safe to go. Uh, you don't want to be ducking into a, a warehouse or something. Put yourself in a situation where you don't know how to get in and out safely. You don't know if you're even safe being there. Um, you know, give yourself as much of an advantage in those kinds of situations as you can. Um, withdraw money from ATMs only during daylight hours and preferably. Uh, preferably only in banks or hotels. Uh, that's that's a good one. I can't say too much because uh, I do work in finance, and I'm not giving you guys, I, I'm not giving you guys any uh, financial advice. Um, I will just say that if you have to use an ATM, probably a good idea to do it at a bank um, or at the hotel, someplace where you know it's going to be safe to use the machine, um, and preferably where you're not going to get you know mugs. Uh, and report any suspicious. Uh, excuse me. Report any suspicious activity to your hotel management, uh, the police, and/or your your embassy or consulate. If you're traveling out of the country, embassy or consulate. Um, I will say again, same trip to London. There, we did have an issue. Uh, no, and this wasn't anything huge. Um, there was a bre- a breakfast sandwich place a couple doors down from this very nice hotel that we were being put up in. Um, <clears throat> and if you guys haven't traveled outside the U.S., you don't really know, uh, but most of the hotels are either, like, solid 10s or, like, 1s and 2s. They're either really, really nice or not very nice at all. Our hotel was very, very nice. A couple doors down, we all went to get breakfast sandwiches. It was a fairly busy place. We didn't understand the currency. Um, if you guys look at, you know, uh, that stuff, it it's hard to figure out the coins and the bills and everything. There was like three of us that wound up getting ripped off, charged double or only given half our change back and stuff. And once we did figure it out, um, I figured it out on the spot and got my change correctly back. A couple of the guys I was with, not so lucky. Uh, When they went back up to the counter to ask for it, apparently the gentleman told them he had already helped too many people and was not able to give them money back. So... We went back to the hotel. We did speak with a manager, and I believe 
again, I wasn't the one who lost money, uh, but I believe they were able to uh, get that sorted out with the local authorities and get a reimbursement. Um, I don't know if it was from the the restaurant or if the hotel just took care of it, but um, while you're traveling, the hotel is there to take care of you. So for things like that, start with your hotel management and escalate from there, uh, law enforcement as needed, obviously. Um, so the in-betweens, right? All times, all places. Let's think about this. Blend in as much as possible. Now we're gonna be doing an episode about this in the future, right? Um, it's called the gray man concept. You just kind of, you blend in, right? Uh, you want to blend in. You don't want to stick out. Um, if you think about it, depending where you're traveling, uh, income levels vary. If you look like you're dressed to the nines and you don't belong there, that makes you a target. Okay. That person's outfits worth, you know, a couple thousand dollars, look at their shoes, look at their sunglasses, look at, you know, the, the purse that lady's carrying, whatever that makes you a target. Okay. So dress, you know, that whole when in Rome thing, um, it, it applies <laughs> to an awful lot. Uh, so <clears throat> if it's a, an area where it's a lower income or it's a rustic area, maybe best to just, uh, break out the jeans and flannel, you know, some comfortable shoes or something. If you go out to a nice dinner or whatever, you know, a polo, but maybe not be rocking the, uh, $5,000 suit. If that's what you got going on, it just makes you a target. Okay. Um, again, and you know, uh, think about it, right? A lot of this stuff is covered in your pre-planning for the trip. I know my, I know this because my wife and I just went through it the last two nights going through what clothes we're going to pack, why we're going to pack them, what we're going to be doing, how our, uh, attire is going to, uh, impact the day, right? What the weather's going to be like, how many layers do we need, et cetera, et cetera. So that goes beyond just your personal safety and also into your personal comfort. So you really should be looking at that rather than just throwing some clothes in a bag. Um, when you're sightseeing, when you're out doing stuff, try not to appear overwhelmed by an attraction. Such behavior makes you appear more vulnerable to a criminal, right? Um, if you look like you're disheveled and you're not well put together, you don't keep track of details. It makes you an easier target for fraud, for a scam to be pickpocketed, whatever. Um, these are all, it's nonviolent stuff, but again, if you have no money, how are you going to get home? Can't put gas in the car, can't pay for your return plane ticket, or if your plane ticket gets stolen, whatever, your ID gets stolen, that's a whole nother set of issues where you, you know, you just, you need to avoid that. You don't want to have to be dealing with, I need to get a, you know, re uh, replacement, I'm sorry, set of identification from the local social security office or local secretary of state office, not to mention how many, how much time that's going to take. Um, or how are you going to get money out? You know, if you're, if your bank isn't in the near area, you don't have, you basically, you'd have, you'd be stuck calling home to have somebody Western Union use some money to pay for a bus ticket or to pay for gas or whatever. Um, and even with that, if you have no ID, how are you going to cash that Western Union money order? I mean, if it gets loaded onto your debit card for you or something, sure. But I, I guys, you just you don't want to be put in those kinds of situations. Keep cameras and video equipment in a bag when possible. Avoid walking around with such items hanging from your neck. Now, really, uh, most people just use phones these days. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Let me look if this article has a date on it. It does not. Um, most of us don't have this stuff hanging around our necks anymore. Camcorders, digital cameras, pretty much all been replaced by your smartphone. And pretty much everybody has a smartphone. 
So that doesn't really apply as, as much, but if you do have a nicer camera, if you're somebody who by trade is a professional photographer or even just by hobby, I know high quality cameras and especially the lenses can cost a ton of money. If those are stolen, those can still be pawned for a decent chunk of change. The secondary market on stuff like that is still pretty high. So yeah, you want your camera, you want to use it, you want to take care of it. When you're done using it, don't just walk around with it around your neck, put it into your bag. You know, if you got it in your backpack, it's a lot harder for somebody to rip a backpack off both your shoulders than it is for them to come by and, uh, you know, rip that off your neck or just cut the strap and take it um, or whatever. Um, avoid viewing any maps in plain view. Thieves prey on travelers who seem lost or disoriented. If at all possible, you want to try and, you know, if you do have to bust out the map, do it in your vehicle, sit in your car, you know, go sit down and have lunch or something. Maybe when you're in the booth, someplace you're a little bit less visible, you know, take out the map. Again, nowadays, a lot of this is on your smartphone. You can get Google Maps. Uh, you can zoom in on areas. You can figure out where you want to go and how to get there just on your phone. No one's going to be, you know, much the wiser. Uh, but it's all about concealing what you're doing, right? You don't want to make yourself a target. If you're lost, it just makes it easier for somebody to take advantage of that in any number of ways. Um, also, don't take any foods or, food or drink from uh, anybody you don't know. Uh, you know, uh, roofies are a thing. Uh, spiking somebody's food, it, it's a thing, right? And if you get sick or disoriented, then all it takes is somebody who's been watching to wait for you to go around, you know, to the back alley and start puking or whatever, or to pass out. And then there's any number of things that could happen to you. Sex trafficking, human trafficking, robbery, rape, guys, it's all bad stuff. You, it, it's just not nothing you want to mess with. Um, so get your food from, you know, the, the reputable sources, you know, restaurants, vendors, things like that, where you can either watch them prepare it, or you're in a room full of people who are also eating that same food probably be in good shape. Don't drink anything anybody hands you. Uh, probably not going to be any parties where you don't know anyone. So, you know, open top drinks are maybe not a concern, but uh, somebody just buys you a drink, maybe just politely refuse it. I don't think anyone's going to get too offended if you say, you know, thanks, but uh, I'd really rather not. Or, hey, I'm sorry, I don't know you. I would really rather not take the drink. Um, and last but not least, uh, ignore attempts by locals to provoke any kind of argument, change the topic of discussion, and if possible, remove yourself from the situation. That's especially uh, applicable nowadays. Uh, you cannot say or do hardly anything today without coming under scrutiny from people, especially because now with just the way everyone is, everything's a political statement. Everything. Uh, you know, <sighs> Just look at the stuff we see on the news. You know, you're walking out wearing a red hat that looks like one of the Make America Great hats. You could get punched in the in the head or hit with a baseball bat for that. God forbid you actually are wearing a MAGA hat, and then you might be in real trouble. Or you're wearing a, a Trump 2020 shirt. Maybe you're a Biden supporter and you're wearing a Biden 2020 shirt and a Trump supporter doesn't like that. I mean, guys, it's crazy out there. All right, don't... Uh, don't get in the altercations. Don't get involved in any local issues. Um, obviously, if it's a life or death thing, you want to you know step in where you can responsibly, right? You don't want to see anybody get their ass beat. You don't want to see anybody get killed uh, or or anything. But uh, 
avoid trouble where you can, obviously. You know, a lot of people ask me living uh, in and around the, the greater Detroit area, uh, they come in from out of town, right? I work for a company that covers a couple different states and we talk to people and they, every state kind of has, you know, it's, uh, it's bad areas and everyone wants to ask, you know, Oh, you're from Detroit and go, well, uh, yeah, sort of, uh, just outside Detroit. You know, Oh, have you ever been to eight mile? <laughs> and go, um, well, y- yeah, it's really not that bad. You know, people kind of imagine for whatever reason, it's a war zone in Detroit. Um, I imagine much the same way people, you think that Chicago is a war zone, uh, albeit we do have the murder rates to kind of support that <laughs> that theory. Um, but what I'm getting at is if you avoid trouble, you're not going to find trouble, right? Nine and a half times out of 10, you avoid the bad areas, you're fine. Guys, I spent years, basically since, you know, I was able to legally drink. So at least the, at least the last decade, I've spent time in downtown Detroit, hanging around the stadiums, hanging around bars and things like that. You know, the, uh, the popular areas, there's lots of people and it's a nicer part of the town. Yes. The city has run down parts that are dangerous. Do I go there? No, I do not. <laughs> Why? Uh, well, because I don't pay for hobo stab insurance. Basically, you know, uh, just avoid the bad parts of town. It's really easy. If you, if it looks bad, dude, get the hell out of there. If you're driving through, Probably not the best time to stop for the bathroom, okay? Uh, and if that means you got to find some alternative methods, you know, maybe you got to pee in a bottle or something, well, that's, while uncomfortable, a much better option than stopping where you might have to deal with uh, a situation. Um, one other thing that we'll talk about, <clears throat> and this may seem a little bit paranoid, but uh, how you're going to, um, how can I put this? I guess, uh, how you're going to secure your hotel room. Everything locks obviously. Um, but I've heard stories about hotel rooms being left open by, uh, by maids and cleaning services and things. Um, so something that I've done for the last couple of years, honestly, anytime I travel, whether it's, uh, when I was in Vegas, you know, Northern Michigan, uh, whatever, you know, where I was, wherever I was traveling to, we went out of state to see my wife's family. Um, which really wasn't a concern for me, but you know, you travel, you, you get around, um, keep track of where you put stuff. So, you know, if certain things have been moved that people were in there, um, or if you knew that somebody was going to be in there, say it was the turndown service or housekeeping, whatever, you know, they're probably not going to need to be messing with the stuff on your nightstand or the stuff on the dresser. They'll just be making the bed and vacuuming. Um, so if stuff on the floor is moved, okay, fine. But if you have stuff rearranged and moved around on your, uh, your nightstand, your kitchen counter, kitchenette counter, I'm sorry, whatever, then you have cause for some concern. Um, and that kind of just gets back to the other topics we're talking about, not to leave anything valuable in the room, but should you come across your room being open? Um, you have some options. Um, if for whatever reason you're concerned that it may not be safe to go into the room, don't go in. Okay. Call hotel management. And if there is a real cause for concern, then they can reach out to law enforcement. Um, if for whatever reason you feel the need to go in and you have a firearm, there's a lot of resources online. You can look into how to clear a room or clear a couple of rooms, you know, checking corners, things like that. We're not going to get into that right now. It's an option, 
personally, I'm all about using uh, my firearm in a defensive manner uh, to get myself out, you know, out of danger and keep myself away from danger. So if I don't have to go in, I'm not going to. Uh, there's very little, probably nothing uh, that if you're talking about material possessions uh, that I would justify putting my life on the line for, especially when you look at the, the, the much abbreviated list of the, of stuff that falls in that category that I'll have on me when I'm traveling. Right. Unless you really think that, you know, somebody's in there, you say your wife or child is in the room uh, and you need to get in there. Probably just best to remove yourself from that kind of situation altogether. If you really think about it, you don't want to, again, the, the kind of the theme here has just been, you know, avoid the bad situation. So avoid it. Okay. Call for help. There's no shame in it. Um, I think that a lot of people kind of get that twisted, especially when we get into the firearms community is you have a gun, you have to be the guy to go, you know, take charge and do some stuff. Um, not, not so that's what law enforcement is for. Uh, they're trained for that. They do train for that and they're better equipped than most of us, if not all of us to take care of it. Your job is to take care of yourself and to take care of your family and directly followed by having a good time while you're on vacation. Right. Um, so think about this stuff, you know, everything we just covered when you're planning out your trip. I know we've been planning this one. I'll, I'll give you guys some insight. This has been talked about for at least the last couple of months. I know it first came up, uh, like beginning of July. Right. And, uh, originally we were looking at some kind of sometime in the, uh, end of August and that didn't work out for everybody. Um, so we had to, you know, push it, uh, you know, a few weeks while weather was still warm and whatnot. So you have to consider things like, uh, you know, tourism, you know, or let's just say volume, right? Uh, how many people are going to be there? Uh, if you look at these large gatherings, festivals, uh, you know, Traverse City, Northern Michigan has the Cherry Festival uh, beginning of July every year. And we used to vacation up that way when I was a kid. Um, so I can personally say that it is very hectic and very problematic uh, to do anything up there during that that week. Um, it's just, it's super busy. And it's a huge, uh, you know, it's a huge revenue stream for the city. And it's great. There's a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff to do. Um, but you have to take that into account. You know, the streets will all be more busy. Uh, you'll be more likely to encounter issues with, you know, petty theft, pickpocketing, whatever, because there's just more people up there. Okay. You also have to consider things like weather. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. If you're traveling someplace during hurricane season, if you have to visit family, if you have to, we have a, a friend who had to go clean out a uh, storage unit down in Florida, the Florida area and travel back up to Michigan. Now, no issues with that. But if it was during the peak of uh, hurricane season here, you have to plan for that kind of thing. All right, where am I staying? Where am I going for my storage unit? How am I getting out of there? Do I need to plan for where I'm going to stay in the event that this bad weather hits? Is that, is that safe shelter location the same place you're going to be staying? It may not be, you know, some homes are just not built well for withstanding that kind of weather. I mean, it gets brutal, right? So you have to consider those things. Um, we have other friends who, who actually moved up here uh, about a year and a half ago prior to the the hurricane that came through and they had a small uh, newborn child, you know, and that's, again, that's a consideration. You have a child. You're going to have to stop for stuff, 
right? Um, if you have a pregnant wife with you or girlfriend, whatever, uh, you're gonna have to stop more. Okay. So maybe look at planning out when you're going to stop, how often, uh, stuff like that. If you can, uh, it, it, it seems like a lost concept, but planning out road trips on a map uh, is beneficial. There was a reason people started doing it, and I feel like it's kind of lost in the last couple of years because now everything is electronic and digital. But getting a map out, checking the interstate routes, if you're driving anyway, figuring out where your rest points are, uh, you know, major cities and intersections, you have to make those decisions. Now, you know, if it's just you or just you and uh, somebody else, you're both young and you're just trying to make the best time, then you can plan for that. Hey, we're going to stay on the freeway the whole time through. Um, you can use things like Google Maps and MapQuest to figure out where your high traffic volume areas are to avoid those, right? But do your planning, okay? Um you know, weather, travel, uh, like I said, when we first started, if there's restrictions on what you can carry with you, if you're a firearm owner, not everybody is, and that's fine. Um, some states have a capacity limit. Some states also limit the kind of ammunition. Um, other states like Illinois, uh, do not allow concealed carrying of firearms. Um, or they do, if you have a concealed carry license, uh, in your home state, as long as you're in a vehicle, basically, as long as you're passing through, it's fine. Um, I don't really know the specifics on that. Don't take me for uh, gospel on that one because, honestly, I try to avoid the state, um, even though we have some extended family over there. Um, I, I just, I'm not certain on it, so I, I try not to put myself in that, in that situation. In the event that I do have to, you bet I'll be doing the research so I know when and where I can carry and when I can't. That said, if you don't have a firearm, maybe you carry a knife. Again, there's rules and restrictions on all of that. Uh, things like blade length, if it there's certain states and I know there's countries even that do not allow locking blades, right? So if it has to be like a slip joint knife or something, one of those little, uh, call it like old timer, uh, grandfather type pocket knives, like a Swiss army knife or something that may be acceptable if it has a short enough blade and it doesn't lock open. Um, but if it does, you can't, if your knife, like my Benchmade Griptilian has a lock on it, right? As a detent and it uses their access lock system to lock it open and lock it closed. Um, I can't carry that because I'm a, the blade lim the blade length, I'm sorry, probably would exceed whatever their, uh, the state mandated limit is. Um, and then it locks. So I can't carry that. Okay. Uh, it's a consideration because if you get stopped for whatever reason, um, and the vehicle gets searched or you get searched, uh, again, for any kind of reason at all, uh, that's just one more, one more ding that goes against you. So think about that. It might just be better to leave it at home. That way you know that, you know, you're not going to get any trouble. Do I like being prepared and having those things on me? Yes, that's why I carry them. However, time and place, right? Um, and make sure that if you're driving, you're prepared for something that might happen in between. Uh, roadside kit, flashlight is huge. Um, flare, car jack, I swear. The number of people <laughs> they go on road trips or, you know, anything that's an hour plus and do not have a spare tire, it astounds me, okay? Or you haven't seen your spare tire in seven years, okay? If it drops down from the, uh, the, the chassis, the vehicle, um, the undercarriage of the vehicle, I'm sorry, make sure that that, that winch or that nut under there isn't rusted tight um, because if it is, it doesn't do you any good at all having that spare in the event that you need it. 
right? Those tires also can dry rot if they haven't uh, if they haven't been taken off the bottom of the vehicle, just depending on age, things like that. Hell, it could be punctured and flat depending on if you had enough crap thrown up into your undercarriage. I mean, anything can happen. Um, make sure you, you think about all this stuff. Roadside jack. I know every car comes with one, but guys, if you've ever had to use one of those to change a tire, um, and I actually did in a gun gun store parking lot a couple years ago when my wife was sitting inside building her AR, uh, I had to change her tire because she went to the 7-Eleven uh, that was right there and tried to put air in her tire and wasn't paying attention and the machine was not pushing air out. It was just you know pressing down on the on the valve stem, which was letting everything out. Um, they're not easy to use and they barely get the car high enough to get that old tire off and the new one on. Um, and the wrench that comes with it isn't great. So maybe pack a star wrench, you know, that's all considerations, uh, for people that have been through it. It only takes once, right? You go through that and you suffer through that once you'll never let it happen again. Um, in that, in that same breath, keep a jacket or a emergency blanket in the car. Okay, the emergency blankets are like, you know, reflective. They're they're very small. They fold up, they fit in your back pocket. If you get stranded for whatever reason in inclement weather, you're going to be glad you have it. And a jacket, if you have to change a, a spare, change to a spare, I'm sorry, in a rainstorm, a hailstorm, a blizzard, you're going to be happy you have it. Gloves too, okay? And honestly, that's stuff my wife and I, we just carry it in the trunk. Hell, I mean, so you bust the jacket out, you've got a bonfire. Oh, you know, I got colder than I thought. Let me go get the jacket. No big deal. Okay, so this stuff doesn't even have to specifically be for traveling. But traveling by vehicle, there's other considerations, you know, uh, that you have to you have to bring into your, your pre-planning and execution phase of, of the trip, right? Uh, if you're traveling by bus, by plane, by boat, whatever, Obviously, you don't have to worry about that because somebody else is, you're paying for it. So somebody else is paying, you know, paying attention to those details. Um, you don't have to. So guys, just, just some stuff to keep at the front of the mind. I know as the world is kind of starting to get a little bit more back to normal, we're able to travel and then the holidays are coming up too, right? And some of us are going to make those journeys to other cities, other states to, to be with loved ones uh, now that we have a little bit better handle on COVID and things. Um, so think about that, even though where you're going might be someplace you've been to a couple times before and you feel like you're going to be safe and you feel like it's going to be okay, you should still keep this stuff in the back of your mind and be prepared for the what if, right? So I hope you guys benefited from this. Uh, I know reading through and doing my research before this uh, recording, I definitely had some second thoughts on some things and made some changes to what I was taking with me. Uh, you know, and uh, as always, uh, if you guys have any feedback, maybe there's anything we missed, please let us know, uh, prepared.mindset.podcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, leave us a, a message or a comment on Instagram, prepared.mindset.pod. Uh, and guys, we're always looking for your input. We're always looking for more information, on how to make the podcast better and get the best quality information out to you that we can for stuff like this. So if you've had different experiences while getting out there and traveling, let us know. Uh, I'm always looking to learn and grow. So is Sam, uh, you know, we're, we're in this with you guys. We're going to take it, you know, one step at a time, learn as we go, learn from each other. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be prepared.